Welcome to The Frenzy. I'm Melissa Carter. And I'm Jen Hobby. The Frenzy's mission is to celebrate friendships over 40. We believe that women can thrive through authentic relationships, self-discovery, and spiritual exploration. Our decades-long friendship continues to grow because we are willing to go there and share our truths through life's highs and lows. That's why The Frenzy is here, to hold space for women who are 40 and older, because at this age, your story matters more than ever. I'm Melissa, and I was next to last chair as an alto sax in middle school, only because Christy Davis couldn't get a noise out of hers, which is what (laughs) made her last chair. (laughs) I love music, but I can't do it. No, actually, no, I played drums in high school, so I can do percussion. But when it comes to notes and having to, no, I was a terrible saxophone player. What I loved is that you remembered the girl behind you Christy by Davis. first and last name. <laughs> and I'll tell you why, because she was my pediatrician's daughter. So I remembered her first name and my pediatrician's last name. So I laughed when I made a note oh, of this. because I, I remember Dr. Davis and her daughter, Christy. Yes, bless Christy's heart. She could... Bless her. Bless her for being last in line. Didn't make you last in line. But yes, she made me next to last, which wasn't as embarrassing. (laughs) So thank you, Christy. I'm Jen Hobby. And when (laughs) I was a little girl, I used to play with my belly button and suck my thumb. (laughs) At the same time? At the same time. Isn't that the weirdest little kid thing you've ever heard of? (laughs) I mean, little kids do weird stuff, but I would have to twiddle. I called it twiddling my belly button and sucking my thumb at the same time, like where my mom could not put dresses on me as a young child because I couldn't have access to my belly button. Well, I would be afraid that you would like cup under and show everything in order to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she had to do like shorts (laughs) and shirts for her little girl that she just wanted to put in dresses, but I would pitch a fit. Because I wanted to play with my belly button. What psychological weird thing is that? Well, it must be, it must have been very comforting. To me, it, my belly button feels weird if you. It you does know. to me too now. But, but apparently, <laughs> when I was a toddler, it was Look, quite my little whoopee. Your little thing. It's your thing. <laughs> There's no, it's no judgment here, but no, I've never heard that before in my life. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, so coming up on today's episode, we are learning about functional medicine. I mean, who knows? Maybe you were tapping into something that was I you know, know. Maybe that That's was healthy true. for you. So what is functional medicine? How can this approach help us understand what is going on with our bodies? You're going to meet Dr. Kristen Oja. Kristen obtained her Doctor of Nursing Practice, Masters of Science in Nursing with a family nurse practitioner focus. And she's a registered nurse. She's also an entrepreneur, functional and lifestyle medicine guru, personal trainer, group fitness instructor, and lover of everything health and wellness. So did you know that The Frenzy now has a private Facebook group? It's a safe community to celebrate friendships over 40 and possibly make new friends too, because we know that that is something that is very frustrating for a lot of women over 40. So sign up for our email newsletter, and that's the only way you'll get an invite to this private Facebook group. And we want to say thank you so much to our listeners who have already subscribed to our email list. A couple of new shout outs for you. Patty G, Danetta Haynes, and Carrie Harwell. Thank you so much for subscribing at thefrenzy.com. I'm sorry, Patty, with it with your last initial, I feel like I got to say Patty G. Patty anyway, G. <laughs> if you enjoyed this week's episode of The Frenzy, please share it with a friend. We would love for more women like you to find out about the show. So, Jen, we are going to dive into our functional medicine conversation. Maybe includes belly buttons. Maybe they don't uh, <laughs> here in a minute. But first, let's thank our sponsors. 
just heard your friend, neighbor, or colleague has been diagnosed with cancer? Your first instinct is, what can I do? Kick It Pajamas is the answer. Kick It sells pajamas, gowns, and other accessories specifically designed for those going through cancer treatment. Go to kickitpajamas.com and use the code FRENZY to get 10% off. That's kickitpajamas.com, code FRENZY for 10% off. Give the gift of comfort and style. Kick It Pajamas. Let's kick cancer off the planet. Hey, it's Melissa. My family has a history of vascular disease, so I make a point to get my vascular system checked through Lifeline screening each year. The health of your arteries is important and it's critical to understand your risk of stroke and cardiovascular disease. With a simple preventative screening, I get peace of mind or early detection so that I can take action. Since 1993, Lifeline Screening's highly experienced staff has screened over 10 million people in order to bring awareness to potential health problems for follow-up with your physician. To find out more, go to LifelineScreening.com. That's LifelineScreening.com. And be sure to use the code FRIENDS. That's Frenzy without the Y. So that's F-R-I-E-N-D-Z. Okay, friends, we are excited to introduce you to today's guest, Dr. Kristen Oja. She is passionate about taking a personalized medicine approach. Kristen focuses on uncovering the root cause of chronic illness and disease. So she takes into account her patient's lifestyle, diet, genetics, environment, stress, and each treatment plan that she creates is unique and individualized. Kristen has been serving and caring for patients for over 10 years, and she founded STAT Wellness, which stands for Strength to Achieve Total Wellness. Gosh, wouldn't we all love that? Mm -hmm. And she helps transform medicine in this way. So please help us welcome Kristen Oja to the frenzy. Thank you guys so much for having me on. I am so excited to be with you guys. We have so much to learn from you, and I'm excited for our audience to get to know you a little bit better. So before we dive into functional medicine, I would love to find out your story. Where are you from? Where'd you grow up? Yeah. So interesting. I was born at Northside Hospital right here in Atlanta. Okay. So was my husband and so was our wow. daughter. So all oh, three wow. of us, all three <laughs> of us were born at Northside Hospital so cute. Uh, and I've never moved away. We travel a ton. We love to travel, but I am an Atlanta native and Stat Wellness is my company and I started it back uh, in 2019, January, 2019. And my story kind of leading up to that, I've always been an entrepreneur. I started dance camps in my parents' backyard when I was 12 years old, making $400 a week. I had them right. take me to play it against sports. I got a gymnastics mat, a boom box. I sold recital tickets. I kept all the kids for two hours and the neighbors loved it. They got to go to the grocery store, come back and their kid got <laughs> exercise. So it was great. And then I started my career as a personal trainer and I just, I, I knew I wanted to get some sort of degree, but didn't know what it was going to be. And so I ultimately went nursing. And so my bachelor's, master's, and doctorate are all in nursing. And I just found some holes in what we call our healthcare system. You know, I like to say we have some of the best sick care in the world. Our sick care is incredible. If I ever need open heart surgery, I'm so fortunate to be in the U.S. If I get diagnosed with cancer, we have some cutting edge treatment. But when we're really talking about health care, we don't have a lot of health care. And that's where I saw such a gap. And so I started Stout Wellness and we're the nation's first medicine and movement practice. So we blend functional medicine with movement. And we really believe when you pair kind of the whole piece, the exercise, the mindfulness, the health coaching, the physical therapy, the dietetics, uh, the functional medicine, you really get true wellness. And our slogan is wellness feels good. 
Well, you know, it's funny you say it's right after our interview, I'm actually going to a stretch class. Right. And the reason I'm going to a stretch class is because my mother, as she aged, had a real problem uh, with her hips being so tight because she sat for so long. She was an artist and she would sit and paint. And it became a real problem and actually led to her passing, her falling and not being able to walk. And so I, I'm like, you know what, if she wants to teach me another lesson, it's that don't follow my path. Like, and I sit a yes. lot for what I do. And so anyway, point being the preventative stuff, the stuff you're talking about, the way to take care of your body when it's well is uh, something that I think a lot of us take for granted. And I, and, you know, studying Eastern medicine, Jen and I've talked about Eastern medicine before on the show. I think for a lot of people, they're like, oh, wait a second, there's ways that I can do something to improve my health without me having to be sick in order to do it. Yes. Yes. And you're so right. When you think about things like uh, hip fall, like falling and breaking a hip, you don't even know maybe that strength training or getting the optimal nutrients, doing regular stretching, those things really make a difference because you know, something like osteoporosis or osteopenia are things you don't feel, you know, a lot of mm -hmm. these things are silent illnesses. And so uh, prevention is key. And it's our whole slogan is little by little, a little becomes a lot. And going to the stretch class today makes, it may seem like a small thing, but it makes such a big impact. Mm -hmm. And it'll make you insecure. I'm just saying like, I, before you get to your question, Jen, it'll, yeah. that'll make you vulnerable to go to a stretch class and just see exactly how, how balanced <laughs> your body is. And I can tell you, I need to yeah. take many. <laughs> well, and yeah. what's cool about doing small things is then Melissa, you get to pick up small little things that you can do in your everyday life. You know, right. you don't have to do a whole class, but maybe you're stretching while you're on a phone call or on a zoom or something like that. I think it's, it's all those little things that add up. Mm -hmm. Um, so Dr. Oja, I'm trying to figure out what is functional medicine because it's not a term we hear a ton in our culture. Yep. Yeah. And you know, functional medicine, when you think about people that are certified, mine's through the Institute of Functional Medicine. Last time I checked, there was only about 1200 providers across the nation, which is, you know, not a lot of people. So if you've never heard of functional medicine, you are absolutely not alone. But the thing I tell people is most people that do functional medicine are conventionally medicine trained. So like I'm a family nurse practitioner. I went through the same training another family nurse practitioner would, but then I went on to get functional medicine training and it's basically it's root cause medicine. So let's say you come into me and you have high blood pressure you know, conventional medicine, they want to manage the high blood pressure. So they may start you on a pharmaceutical and they manage everybody's blood pressure the same. In functional medicine, we look at, well, why do you have high blood pressure? Because it can be different. Like your high blood pressure may be caused by sleep apnea. Your high blood pressure may be caused by magnesium deficiencies. It may be caused by high cortisol, which is your stress hormone. And so we try to understand the root cause of the issue so we can start working on that and hopefully get you off medicine or not needing medicine is ultimately our goal. Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny you say that. I, Jen, I was the same way and had not heard about functional medicine um, and then somehow read something, started looking it up and, and to Dr. Oja's point there's not a lot out there. And a lot of times insurance doesn't cover functional medicine, which is disturbing because, you know, it really brings up exactly what you said, that traditional medicine only looks at the symptoms and that, and that's, and then they get you in the door and out the door. Um, and I don't think it's because they don't care about you or don't want to treat you. And I don't think it's these evil pharmaceutical companies like a, a lot of other people think, but I also think it's, it's just that we're not willing to change the way we think about medicine. 
And I think the really tough thing with that is, you know, primary care providers are excellent, but some of them are seeing 40 patients a day. You know, they have 15 minute blocks with each of their patients, sometimes even less. They have two rooms going at the same time. And it's because, you know, you look at insurance reimbursement and what they need to make to pay their salary, cover the operating costs and all of that. And so it is you can't possibly uncover the root cause of somebody's gut issues in a 15-minute appointment. Like our new patients are an hour of face-to-face time, and we're going all the way back to your birth. Are you a vaginal delivery? Were you a C-section? Were you breastfed? Mm. How many antibiotics were you on? What did your diet look like growing up? What does your diet look like now? How has stress changed throughout your life? Anything traumatic happen? You can't do that in 15 minutes. And so to your point, Melissa, is they – it's not that the model, it's not that they don't care about you. They care about their patients and there's phenomenal primary care providers out there. The model is just not set up to be able to take that deep dive through mm-hmm. insurance. And so we are at Stat Wellness a cash pay practice, but our goal is to make it affordable and attainable. So we have membership-based models and we process labs through insurance to hopefully make it more uh, attainable for people. So we do memberships that are 150 a month, but you get unlimited health coaching. You get four dietitian consults a year. You get five functional medicine visits. You get um, you know 10% off any supplements, labs processed through insurance. So we try to make it as affordable as possible. Mm-hmm. So we talk to women primarily over 40. Of your patients that come to see you, What's the most common reason that brings a woman over 40 into your office? The two most common things we see is autoimmune disease. Women make up 75% of autoimmune illness in the United States. So we see a lot of females with autoimmune. And we really think that's because hormones uh, play a really big role. Uh, So hormones, we see a lot of autoimmune start postpartum, major hormone dip, triggering things like Hashimoto's or rheumatoid arthritis. So men do get autoimmune too, but majority are women. So we see a lot of autoimmune. We also do a lot with hormones. So we do have some of the young 40-year-old women that are still trying to get pregnant. And so they want to take a more functional medicine approach, make sure they're keeping their egg quality as good as they possibly can. And we talk about, uh, you know, biological age versus chronological age. Of course, Mm -hmm. if you're 41, you're 41. I can't change that, but I can change, you know, some of the quality of your eggs or change some of the inflammation in your body, optimize your nutrients to work on that biological age. We also see a lot of menopausal women. So when you get closer to, you know, the average in the United States is 51 for menopause, but menopause is when it's been one year without a cycle. And so what happens before that? You have perimenopause, which for some women is a year and super easy. For other women, it's like seven years and they make it seven months and they have another cycle. And they're like, dang it. And they have to start (laughs) that year again, right? Mm -hmm. So we do a lot with hormones. We do a lot with autoimmune. We also do a lot with gut health. We see a lot of constipation. We see a lot of reflux and trying to understand some of the reasons behind that and not just, you know, taking a PPI to control their reflux. So I have a follow-up to something you said earlier. So Jen, if you don't mind me asking, were you a vaginal birth or C-section? I was a vaginal birth. Okay. So Jen was a vaginal birth. I was a C-section. I'm just curious, what could the difference be in our health based just on that? So what they're finding is that C-section babies can have more environmental allergies, more food sensitivities, some more gut issues. And I always say it's a correlation and not a causation. Mm -hmm. And the reason is, and I always say, you know, most important thing is healthy mom, healthy baby. So like if you're a C-section, 
I'm just happy that you were born healthy. So, you know, I don't want any moms out there listening that had C-sections to feel bad. That's, you know, not, that's <laughs> yeah, not I'm the like, point. I too. <laughs> right, yeah, right. Not the, not the point at all, but it yeah. is interesting, you know, to kind of have some of the knowledge. And when a baby's born in, in a C-section, they're born into a sterile field. So they don't go through the mom's vaginal canal where all the bacteria is. Okay. So yeah. thinking about the bacteria on your skin and your eyes and your nose, mouth. But if you think about, okay, maybe it was a C-section, maybe they were nursed for a little bit. They get some of the bacteria on the skin from the milk. So they get some of that microbiome back in. Uh, but we look at things and say knowledge is power. So, okay, let's say you have a C-section baby and they're having a lot of colic and they're having eczema and you're like, I don't know what's going on. Our mind and functional medicine would go, okay, well, gut health. How can we support this baby's gut health because they were a C-section baby? And there's so much we can do. And that's what's exciting is, you know, it doesn't mean that you're going to have eczema or food sensitivities or food allergies, but you may just need a little extra gut support. Um, but we know the best way to change your gut is diet. So like just eating fibrous foods and eating whole nutritious foods is going to help feed that good bacteria in your gut. And, and we're learning a lot more about that uh, because it's uh, so Jen, I, the funny thing about that is I've talked on the show. I've had, I was a C-section. I've had gut issues my whole life and my son was a C-section and he's got skin issues. So it's, it's, it's funny as you say that, that they're, you know, your body is always trying to tell you something, right? It's always trying to tell you when it's out of balance. And it's not always a bad thing. Just because you have something out of balance doesn't make it a bad thing. But I, I, I appreciate the fact that you want people to look at the overall health and not just the yearly doctor yes. visit and get a pill. Yeah. Yes. And you know, it's kind of empowering. It's empowering to know that your story impacts your health. And like, there are certain things we can do, you know, it's empowering to know like, okay, I was, I have people that were vaginal births and breastfed, but then they had 12 ear infections before the age of four and they were on 12 antibiotics. So obviously that's going to really mess up that gut microbiome too. So that's super significant. So mm -hmm. How can we look at, again, you know, maybe doing a stool analysis and seeing what your microbiome looks like? So we actually know rather than guess. Mm -hmm. And do you recommend doing that for adults and children? Yeah. So we work with primarily adults. We are functional. We're all family medicine, so we can work with children, but we don't do vaccines in office. We don't. Um, so we basically work as a consultant with pediatrics. So our primary, we're 95% adults. And so we do, we go back to their health history. If they were C-sections, maybe weren't breastfed on tons of antibiotics, struggling with gut issues. The first thing I'm going to think to do is a stool test versus like a food sensitivity, you know, because they have some of these variables that may impact their gut microbiome. Fascinating. Oh my gosh. I'm learning so much. This is just Science incredible. Is cool. Yeah, it really is. And like you said, empowering. So um, some of the things that Melissa and I have talked about on the show is women really taking that extra time to prioritize their health and wellness. And it's yes. not something that we really had to do as much in our twenties and our thirties, but as, as you reach your forties and your fifties, you really have to put that at the top of your to-do list. So what would be some of the things that you would advise women, um, to, to adjust, to make their healthcare a priority? So I think there's a few things. The first thing that I talk with everybody about is really just even checking in on how you actually feel. Uh, so many people are so, we're so busy. We're running from one thing to another. We really normalize symptoms. We really say like, I'm exhausted every day at three. Like I have to have two cups of coffee, but that's normal, right? 
I really encourage all of our listeners to sit back and say like, you know, how are you actually feeling? How's your energy? How's your mental clarity? How's your mood? How's your temper? How's your digestion? So I think really evaluating and kind of being true with yourself is really important. And then the other thing is just remember, especially in the busyness, you know, whatever phase of your life you're in, if you've got kids, you've got a career, you're hopping from one thing to another, what are small things you can do? And that's, again, what we preach is little by little, a little becomes a lot. Maybe you look at your life and you're like, you know what? I just, I don't eat any vegetables like at all. Like my plate is white and brown every time I eat. That's what I like to eat. You know, maybe the first thing is just starting to see how can I get a little bit more plants in my diet? How can I get a little bit more veggies? Maybe it's starting by throwing them in a smoothie and drinking that in the morning. Um, Maybe just thinking like, I, I really sit all day long. I have a commute to work. I sit at work. I come home. I get the kids to bed. I sit and watch TV shows. And then I lay down and go to bed. Maybe it's looking at how can I add small movement snacks throughout the day? How could I maybe get up and do some squats? Um, How could I maybe use a bathroom that's further away? How could I take the stairs a little bit more throughout the day? You know, these small things, I always tell people, I don't want what we tell you to do to feel like your world is like shattered. You know, and sometimes there are big things that happen. Mm -hmm. Let's say you were diagnosed with Hashimoto's and we find out you have a huge gluten sensitivity. You know, that can feel very kind of daunting to give up gluten, right? So there are things like that that can be much tougher. But in general, we really want to figure out small things you can do to really prioritize your health. And I think it starts by checking in. And then I think it starts at looking at what does your current lifestyle look like? We probably all know we could eat a little bit more vegetables. We could exercise a little bit more. We could go to bed a little bit earlier, but kind of look at that. And where do you feel like you're maybe not doing the best? What's a good starting point? And what's like one or two simple things you could do to start working on that? Mm-hmm. Well, I uh, am a kidney transplant recipient. And uh, so again, I, and I've told Jim before, I don't think there it's a coincidence that I've had gut issues and then ended up losing my kidney, but I'm much healthier as an adult than I ever was as a child. I was a little runty growing up, oh, but uh-huh. it, in my, I was, but in my time, <laughs> in my time uh, as an adult and speaking to people about health, when, you know, transplant recipients or people who have kidney issues, I noticed that and this, a lot of women are the ones affected that there was a distrust with the medical community. Part of my purpose with the organizations I worked with was to try to encourage them to make sure they stayed on top of their health so they didn't have to have a transplant like me. Uh, and it was mostly people that had high blood pressure and and diabetes. And so so how do you handle people or what do you say to people who may be listening and go, you know what, I, I've had a bad experience with doctors. I've had a bad experience with medicine. And I just don't trust that they're in there. They have my best interest at heart. They just want to get to my pocketbook. Yeah. I think that's something you hear a lot in medicine in general. And I think the number one thing is like, you want to find somebody that you trust and you feel like is on your same court. Like you, it's really important to build that rapport and feel comfortable. So I always tell people if, if you don't trust who you're seeing, like there's no point in going because even if they make a recommendation, you're not going to do it right. You don't trust Mm -hmm. them. So I do think it's important to have a healthcare team. And I do think it's important to find people you trust. And I think part of that can be just, you know, reaching out and interviewing people and seeing who do you connect with? Who do you vibe with? I also think like when you get a little bit outside the box and I know, you know, functional medicine being cash pay, not everybody can experience that. But when you come in a stat, like it's a gym, it's 
it's medicine and movement. It doesn't feel medical. Most people will come to us to get their blood work drawn because they get to sit in recliners with essential oil and they're not sitting in like a <laughs> sterile lab, you know? Amen, sister. Yes. So, I like so <laughs> yeah, it's our goal is like, we, we want to partner with you. I think part of the time people feel like they don't have trust is when there's this big dictatorship and they feel like they can't be open and share how they're feeling. And I think that's really difficult as a patient to feel. And I've had these similar experiences in the healthcare system, even with my knowledge going in and being like, I didn't feel comfortable to speak up. I didn't feel comfortable to say something didn't feel right. Or I didn't feel comfortable to say, I didn't want to do that. Is there any alternatives? And that is not a good feeling. So we want every one of our patients to be able to tell us like, I want you comfortable with the plan. How do you feel with these three goals? Do you feel like they're attainable? Do you feel like they're going to work within your lifestyle? If not, like I'm your cheerleader, you know, this is, this is not me here to like tell you something to do that you're not ready for. And I think that's where our, our line of work, we have that time to do that is just is different. So for any of the listeners that feel like they don't trust the medical space, there's somebody in medicine that I know you'll trust. It just sometimes takes you being an advocate and you kind of putting yourself out there, even if it is interviewing and finding the right fit, but you need to feel comfortable and you have to trust who you're going to, or you'll second guess every single thing they're telling you. Yeah. I've had several people. Usually it's a weight thing. Usually it's a dictatorship, weight, insensitivity, that the way they've communicated to these women about their bodies has been awkward and uncomfortable. And so and what I'm hearing is you say, don't give up just because you had one or two bad experiences or somebody was rude to you. Don't give up. And ask, like, I know that our, we get uh, shouted out constantly. People go in Facebook groups and like anybody had a great experience with an endocrinologist, anybody had a great experience with a primary care and get referrals from people. Like, I think that's like a big thing that's grown our business is just somebody writing on there, like go see Kristen or go see Kyle. And it's because, you know, people sharing that, that trust that they believed in their provider is the best. That's the best referral. It's not reading reviews online. It's not trying to see who has the best stars. It's like that personal experience that I think makes a big difference. And I had an experience when I went in and at the time I was running marathons and I obviously know a lot about nutrition. So I was eating a very clean diet and I was struggling with hormonal imbalances and I was on the spectrum for polycystic ovarian syndrome. And I went in and I wanted to have a conversation with this GYN and he told me I needed to exercise more, but never asked what my exercise looked like. And wow. that was very, he was like, you just need to exercise more. I ran 20 miles on Saturday and I saw him on Tuesday and he's telling me I need to exercise more. That's very discouraging. And, and you don't even ask, how am I currently exercising to evaluate that? And mm -hmm. then he said, have you heard of a thing called my fitness pal? And I literally thought I was going to jump out of my chair. That's a calorie counter um, that you log your food in. And so he's telling me to exercise more and log my food I'm eating. And that's very discouraging for people that are, you know, eating healthy and exercising. It's not always as simple as eat less and exercise more. It's actually... Mm -hmm normally not that simple. And so, you know, that's a very frustrating, detrusting um, place. And, you know, that's also where I think a lot of eating disorders come from overtraining. Cause I could have left that room and been like running a, running a marathon is not enough. I now need to do two a days. I need to strength train in the morning and run in the afternoon. You know, that's so very, very heartbreaking. Um, and so I'm sorry for any listeners that have had similar experiences, but there are really great healthcare providers out there. Mm-hmm. 
Dr. Oja, I wanted to know about stress management because women carry a lot. Um, clearly, you're an entrepreneur, a doctor, you know, you're running a business. I can see um, the baby swing in the background. <laughs> yeah, like, so cool. I'm, like, I didn't have I'm guessing she's a parent, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you know, and so you're wearing a lot of hats. You're carrying a lot of stress around. What are your best tips for stress management? Yeah. So for me, I think what stress management looks like changes based on the season. So if you're at a point, you're an empty nester and you know, your, your demands right now are work and your husband or spouse, you know, that's going to look different. You may be able to do more for stress management. You may be able to go for daily walks. You may be able to take Epsom salt baths every night. You may be able to do deep breathing throughout the day. Like it may look different. And so I always tell people, if you're at a place where it's like, a 30 minute deep breathing meditation. How can I fit that into my life? There is so much you can do in small, like a few seconds. So for me, stress management changes based on the season of life I'm in. Um, but I think stress management, when we think of stress, it's a perception, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to perceive something in your mind as stressful to have the physical implications, right? If you don't perceive it as stressful, it's not going to physically affect you. And I find mm -hmm. that to be amazing. You know, stress is subjective. So the first thing is like, how can we start working on our perception of stress? And so for me, it's a really simple exercise. I know this doesn't work for everybody, but when I'm feeling really overwhelmed and stressed, I take a journal and I write out everything that's stressing me out. And then I look at the list and I draw a line through all the things that are outside of my control. Like I can't control COVID. I can't control politics. I can't control. I draw a line through all of those. And then, you know, there's usually like one or two things that maybe like, I am so stressed about drop off and pick up with my infant. I'm so stressed about the grocery store. I can circle those. What are the things I can do to help with that? I can do Instacart. I'm going to shop on Sunday for my Instacart. I'm going to do my groceries. Then I'm not even going to worry about going to the grocery store. You know, maybe it's like, it's worth the money to hire a nanny to help with drop off and pick up like that for me would deload a lot of stress on my body and make a huge impact in my quality of life that financially is worth it for me. So like I look at it, that's like one of the things I do. The other things that I do every morning and every night when I, before I go to bed and when I uh, wake up in the morning is I do slow, deep breathing, but I only do four deep breaths and I breathe in for four seconds. I hold my breath for anywhere from like four to six seconds. And then I slowly exhale for like seven to eight seconds. And I do four rounds of those. And that just kind of helps ground me and helps with my cortisol levels in the morning and before I go to bed. Okay. And, one more time, because our yeah. listeners can do this right now while they're listening to you explain it, because yep, whether true. you're driving or walking or anywhere, you can breathe. Okay. Yes. One yes. more time. So the biggest thing when you're doing deep breathing is you want to exhale longer than you inhale, whatever that okay. count looks like. So there's common ones like four, seven, eight. Um, so you want to breathe in through your nose for four seconds and hold your breath for anywhere from, you know, six, seven seconds, as long as you can. And then you want to slowly exhale through your mouth for eight seconds. And that slow exhale activates that parasympathetic system. So it could look different. And I always tell people don't force a second count that doesn't feel right. You may be like four or five, six, you may breathe in for four seconds, hold your breath for five, slowly exhale for six. And that may be your count. You may be somebody that breathes in for five seconds. You hold your breath for eight seconds and you slowly exhale for 10. You would be having a really great breathing pattern if you could do that, but it varies from person to person. But anytime you slow down your breathing and I tell people, if you're in a stressful meeting, nobody knows if you sit back and are just slowing down your mm -hmm. breathing. 
right? Mm -hmm. Yep. We're shallow breathers. So that is like in a car, if you're at a red light, if you're at a stop sign, instead of getting mad about the weight and traffic, just take some deep breaths and just like really slow down. And that helps with the physical stress and the demands on your body. So I think that's also really important. And, you know, I think also it's communication, depending if you're a single person, if you have a family, I think communicating with what's going on in your life. I, for us, it's really important that my husband and I meet on Sunday and we talk about what's going on that week, who has big meetings on what day. If he's aware that I have something big going on, he may be like, I'm going to put Emery to bed tonight. You like focus on that if I know he has something. So teamwork, I think is really key. And then I also think it's really important. This is something I always wanted to write a book on this because when I first started practicing and I met with women, specifically women that were moms, I'm sure this is true for everybody, but in my experience, it was moms. I would ask them, well, what do you enjoy doing? And I am not kidding. The majority of my women could not tell me what they enjoyed doing. They were like, yeah, huh? <laughs> Let me think. Like, and they were like, well, my mm -hmm. kid loves to go to the parks. We do that mm -hmm. on Saturday. My husband loves pizza nights. So we go Friday and they're naming what their whole family enjoys doing. And I was like, I didn't ask what they enjoy doing. Like right, what do you right. enjoy doing? And I think like, as we think about stress management, it's really important in every phase of your life, not to lose who you are and making sure whatever it is that you used to enjoy, you currently enjoy, you fit it on a weekly basis. If it is like, I have people that they love podcasts, you know, here we are in a podcast and they're like, I honestly, like I get so much out of podcasts. I feel so energized, so fulfilled, ready to go. Well, I hope you're going, you know, maybe it's going for a walk and leaving your family and listening to a podcast at least once a week. I'd love it to be more, but fit it in. You know, maybe it's that one friend that you meet with for tea and you're like, every time I leave her, I feel so much better. Like mm -hmm. she is just like such a great friend. Set up time. Make sure you're meeting them once a week, hanging out. If you can't meet in person, talk over the phone. Um, you know, those things are really important. Maybe it's dance was always a big part of your life. I have some people that are like, I used to love to dance, but I haven't done it in 10 years. <laughs> well, here's some studios. Go try. Go try a dance class and see how it feels. And mm -hmm. they're like, Kristen, I loved it. Like it was so, I felt so stressed, like stress was leaving my body as I was dancing. So I think it's, it's never too late to kind of refigure out what you're interested in, but it needs to be something that's not your job and not your kids and not your partner. It needs to be something that's specifically for you and you need to prioritize it. I think it's really important. Well, I think that it goes with our message here at the frenzy with women that, you know, you you're so used to whether you do it by habit or you were trained to do it to serve others and you have permission to do it for yourself. You're the CEO of your life. Right. And so instead of waiting on somebody else to do something for you, I think a lot of women wait on their husbands to provide them that stress free something and then get mad at them when they don't give it. And the husband had no idea they were supposed to do that. You know, yes. uh, yeah. So yeah. why aren't you reading my mind? <laughs> exactly. And so I think that women have to just, it's a reprogramming. I mean, not to repeat the word, but we have to tell ourselves, wait a second, I'm in charge. I'm in charge. And yes. I'm in charge of me. And and so I think that that is something that uh, so many of us, I'm with you. I was like, what do I like to do? Uh, <laughs> I know. I was thinking the same thing. I know we're yeah. all in that same boat. I'm, I'm telling you is maybe, I like maybe had one or two women that immediately could say something. Like it was, and I realized it's a, it's a big, it's a big problem. And yeah. then like some of the things they did enjoy, now they feel like they like, it's, they have to do it. So like they used to enjoy working out, but now it's like, on their to-do list and it, mm -hmm. it becomes more of a stressor. And so it's not a de-stressor for them to hit their 6am gym classes. You know, it's so very important. Mm -hmm. 
So good. Okay, so learn more about Dr. Oja at statwellness.com. Also, you can follow her on Instagram at Dr. Kristen Oja, and that's Kristen with an I-N, and, uh, and also at your website as well. Yes. Yeah, I would love for you guys to follow. Awesome. Okay, so before we let you go, we ask each one of our guests the Frenzy Five. These are just quick, rapid-fire questions. You ready? I'm ready. Don't be scared. Uh, well, I have a feeling that Dr. Oja <laughs> is a very Zen person anyway, because she's the one yeah. that just told us about de-stressing. So I, know, yeah, I, I don't think you can shake her. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't get stressed quickly. And these are fun. Okay, number one, where is your cozy, happy place? Oh, my bad. Yes. Number two, what's your favorite framed thing in your home? A picture of my husband and I getting married. And he smashed cake on my face. Oh, yeah. And he's trying to give me a hug and telling me it's okay. And I have a big piece of cake on my nose. That's great. Cute. Number three, what's your most memorable birthday? Ooh, can it be the day my daughter was born? That was a birthday. Yes, yes, we had another guest that just did that. And it's like, oh, that's such a sweet answer. I so really sweet. don't love, I don't love my birthday, but her birthday was the best Dr. Day. Oja. Now, anyway, continue, Jen. We'll have to talk. <laughs> I was going to say, why don't you love your birthday? Yes. <gasps> I don't know. I like to celebrate other people. I'm like, I don't, I don't need Roger, gifts. We just I don't talked need about this. You well, I celebrate, don't. yeah, I celebrate myself in other ways all the time, but not a special day I was born. I'm not, I just don't. I'd rather, I like other people to celebrate their birthdays. It's a weird day to me. Why are we celebrating my birth? Because you are a special human being. (laughs) Okay, Dr. Oja. I'm I'm glad we have a symbiotic relationship. We can help you with something and you can help us with something. All right, this year, this year, I'll really, I'll embrace my birthday. This will be the most memorable one this year. Fantastic. Good, good. Number four, what's a daily routine or ritual you stick to? Oh, well, I already told you guys about my deep breathing. Mm -hmm. Um, The other big thing is I'm a huge water drinker. I'm sure you guys probably hear this quite a bit, but like when I first wake up after I do my deep breathing, I drink actually 32 ounces of water. I fill this guy up and I drink that as the first thing I do every morning. And it offers me so much mental clarity before a coffee Mm -hmm. or anything. Um, So that is something I do every single day outside of my deep breathing. That makes a huge difference. I did not expect a mason jar. That's very southern. If you were on yeah. YouTube or not on YouTube, she it wasn't a water bottle, it was a mason jar. And I yeah, was like, I love well, it absolutely. It's yeah. You can throw electrolytes in there and shake it up. It's great. It's I don't know many doctors in Detroit that would have pulled up a mason jar. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. And last one, number five. What fashion trend did you jump on? Ooh, now actively or previously? Anytime. Anytime. I kind of rebelled fashion trends. I'm trying to think. I made my own clothes in high school. It was uh, the things I wore were very interesting. Um, I did get into, and I don't know if you guys would know this trend, but there was a moment with when Kelly Clarkson brought in the vest, you know, the buttoned yes. vest. And so I used to wear the white shirt with the vest on top of with it. The vest on yes. top. I remember, uh, that. I remember that. Yeah, that was something I got into. I really liked that look for a little while. That's a great one. We have not heard that yet. I love that. (laughs) Fantastic. I'm going to bring it back. Well, thank you so much for your generosity and your time today. I have already learned so much. I'm going to get myself a mason jar right now. Right. (laughs) Right. I'm a nightstand. Um, Thank you so much. Thank you guys so much for having me on. This was great. So great. 
All right, let's grab a quick question from You Don't Know My Life, a great game. We have some listeners, didn't you say, that use this for like staff meetings and icebreakers. And so here's another one you can steal. And it is, what is something you've put on the outside of your fridge that makes you smile? Oh, so fun. I have a a million magnets and my kids' artwork on my fridge, but it's actually not my fridge. It's my freezer. Because I have a fridge that doesn't have the magnetizing. Oh, you have stainless steel? Is it stainless steel? I guess. They changed up refrigerators a while back. So not all of them have the the magnet stick. But my freezer, it's a separate freezer. And that one does. So it's covered in kids' drawings, pictures of my family, and really cute magnets. Oh, yeah. I I know I'm going to have to get a freezer at some point. Because if my son is as tall as they think, and he has all his tall guy friends come over, then there's going to be a lot of meat in that thing. Sorry to the vegetarians out there. So... I have a, fr- a fridge that actually can use magnets. So I have a lot of magnets, but there's one in particular that makes me laugh every time I watch it, look at it. And so when my son was in preschool, his school had what called a fun run. And so basically it was for the young kids to run, have a race around the parking lot of the school's a fundraiser. And so it is a picture, an action shot from the start of the race. And so all these kids are smiling, they're getting ready to run, and this is fun. And then there's Mr. Carter. His eyes, his eyebrows are like intense. His eyes are intense. His fists are like fully formed. And he is, I mean, he's determined he's going to win that race. So it's hilarious. And he did end up ruining that race, by the way. But it was hilarious to see. He, He was totally different. He is uber competitive. And so I, I had to get a shot of that and I got it as a fridge magnet and it's on my fridge. And I, every time so I look at it, I'm like, cute. there's my boy. He's going to win this damn race. And he did win it. And I mean, and I always have to, I'm the one that always has to tell him, you know, games are supposed to be fun. Races are supposed yeah. to be fun. Things are supposed to be fun. Like, don't forget to have fun. But he, he truly is, he is a competitive spirit. So he's going to, he's going to be somebody I'm going to have to kind of, kind of shake up a little bit and not be so tense, tense about these things. That picture encapsulated that. Oh my intensity. gosh. And he's four years. I mean, like, I think he's four years old in this picture. And it's so it's, great. <laughs> and you think he's trying to get the gold medal at the Olympics. I mean, dude is focused. So great. That reminds <laughs> me of one of my favorite pictures of my kids is when we went to go meet Santa. Uh-huh. And this was not when Reese was a newborn, but the following year, she was about one and change, maybe like 15 months old. And we went to go see Santa Claus. <laughs> and this picture is of Lauren, who at that stage, she's two and a half years older. So she was what, four? And she is sitting like a perfect angel in her adorable Christmas dress on one side of Santa's lap. And her legs are crossed at the ankles with her patent leather little shoes. And she has her hands, you know, even like holding hands. And she's just idyllically, angelically (laughs) looking at the camera and smiling to mommy. (laughs) Meanwhile, on the other leg, Reese is screaming bloody murder and reaching out for me like (laughs) with the most terrified look on her face it's one of my favorite pictures because how opposite they are it's like Lauren going look at me mom I'm gonna be perfect while Reese is like get me out of here who is this strange guy so let me ask a question okay so here a few years later are they any different than that picture? I nope, mean, are they exactly the same? 
That is the personalities. That's exactly. the personalities encapsulated in a moment. <laughs> I have a friend who uh, doesn't have children, and Mr. Carter is really her only experience with children because she, like me, was the baby of the family. He's really my only experience with children because if you're the youngest, you don't raise other siblings, right? Right, yeah. And so she's like, I never understood that they came as they are. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, the parents don't create these children. They're just trying to corral these children right and they so pass anyway, through us they yeah we don't make them no and so yes she's been fascinated she's like i just she's older than me so she's like i just hope i live long enough to know what mr carter does for a living because i want to see what this personality turns into and i'm like me too i hope to live long me enough too. to know what he does for a living i know i know that's why we got to get our lifeline screenings that's right exactly <laughs> we can live this long right exactly don't forget your veins <laughs> All right, Melissa Carter has this week's Mirror Mantra. I think during this time, it has been, uh, we've had the opportunity to be very selfish. And I don't think being selfish is always a bad thing. I think, you know, we talk about self-healing. We talk about, you know, different types of medicine, functional medicine. What can you do for yourself? Because the idea, again, the oxygen mask on the plane, you help yourself, then you can serve others, right? But don't forget about serving others. And don't forget, that especially during this time, that just something funny or kind can really make a difference in somebody else's life, even though it may seem simple and small to you. So the mantra for today is, I am on my way to make someone's day. Oh, it's that's simple. so good. <laughs> I love it. One more time. I am on my way to make someone's day. And that's what you, I challenge you to do this week is to just know that that's your job and not to forget that that yes, we need to take care of ourselves and heal ourselves during this time, but other people really need the emotional support and are probably afraid to tell you how depressed or how concerned or how lonely they feel right now. Oh my gosh. Brilliant. Brilliant. I love it so much. Okay, friends, check out our Frenzy YouTube channel with videos and extended interviews. If you subscribe to the Frenzy YouTube channel, then we'll get a little bit closer to getting that vanity link of youtube.com slash the frenzy. Right We're now, going you gotta, to be selfish now. Right We're now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just, you know what? You can make our day by hitting that subscribe button on YouTube. That's right. And also you can follow the frenzy on Instagram. It's the frenzy with a Z Y friend with a Z Y, but it's the frenzy on Instagram. And if you want to share about us, just tag us and we can repost to thank you. Please sign up for our weekly email list. We're going to send the episode right to your inbox. We include links to things we discuss, give you some deeper insights into the topics. So sign up at thefrenzy.com today. The Frenzy is hosted by the dynamic duo of Melissa Carter and Jen Hobby. Boo, yeah, and sound editing by the bodacious Bo Johnson. Hey, okay, Bobo. Original soundtrack <laughs> produced by Tammy Hurt for placement music, Tam Tam. Uh, written and recorded by Mark Daniels, MD. The Frenzy. <laughs> The Frenzy celebrates friendships over 40. So thank you so much for spending your time with us. We know there are a lot of demands on your time. So the fact that you are listening to me and Melissa today really makes our day. Thank you so much for your friendship. Absolutely. So until next week, trust your guts, share your story, and stop lying about, about your age. age. Celebrate it, girl. That's right. See you next week. <laughs>